This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Coach, 2017 season, Southern Miss coming off uh, a Conference USA title, uh, getting back to the NCAA tournament, having a really strong season, very nearly a host in the NCAAs, uh, a team that that had some good starting pitching, uh, really good back of the bullpen. Is that's a staple of Southern Miss, but offense led the way this year. What do you expect the uh, the, the the main uh, driving theme of your team to be? Will it be offense? Is the the pitching going to take a turn, or is it a little bit a more balanced uh, approach? Well, I think more than anything, we're going to be uh, more offensive than we are probably uh, on the pitching side. We. We lost a lot, Jay, off from last year's club. Uh, I think 315 innings total of work. So uh, that's a lot to make up. But you know, we do have the uh, the potential and ability to score runs with our offense, uh, one through nine, and the depth that we have and uh, how we choose to use it throughout a game. But you know, I think defensively, I-, I like the way that we have uh, have played defensively in the fall as well as this spring. Um, you know, we haven't made many mistakes. Uh, you know, physical mistakes, they do happen, but the mental mistakes are the ones certainly that you you don't want to commit. And it seems like that we've uh, we've done a good job of taking care of that side of the game uh, this year. So, you know, pitching is, is the unknown. I think we've got some quality starters, but certainly uh, the back end of the game, uh, you know, if we can get to Sandlin, obviously we feel good about that, but that middle stretch is is also important, especially here in the beginning of the year, where uh, where pitch counts are uh, you know in place with guys, and you know you have to see a lot of guys to try to work yourself into the season. Now I know I read a Patrick McGee story from earlier in the week after media day, and he talked about how uh, it 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 could be the junior right-hander Hayden Roberts winds up being the Friday night guy. Uh, as opposed to Kirk McCarty, who I think uh, uh, being the the hometown hero there from Oak Grove and everything, and he's pitched some big, big games in his time there. Uh, but I, I guess that's if, if you have an established starter like McCarty and there's uh, some people that can give him a run for his uh, uh, Friday night number one starter money, so to speak, that's a good thing. Well, you know, it's kind of it's, – it's real interesting. Um, first of all um, – Kirk is just not an ego guy. He's a team guy, and he actually likes to pitch on Saturday because he gets an opportunity to really study the opponent on Friday. Uh, you know, he's an old quarterback, so, uh, you know, he, he studied under Favre at, at Oak Grove in, in the offense, so they did a lot of film. So I kind of equate that, uh, the, the film study that they do in football, to a pitcher on Saturday or Sunday actually being able to watch live film of the opponent on, on Friday. And in his case, it would be watching Hayden Roberts uh, pitch against these guys on, on Friday night. So, you know, most guys, you know, everybody thinks, you know, your number one goes on, on Friday. And, you know, I don't know if Kirk is our number one. I, he's our most experienced, obviously. And, yes, I would think that he's right there at it. But I think however you went, either Kirk or Hayden or vice versa with Hayden on Friday and Kirk on Saturday. It's a pretty good one-two punch that we have. 
Let me ask you about uh, the the catcher position. You lose Chucky Robinson, uh, who was just such uh, uh, an important backbone role to your team. The catcher is always kind of like that. You know, defensively, the position is so important. Handling the staff is so important. But this guy gave you offense, too, on top of that. Some big swings last year uh, and really took off. Um, you can't replace a guy like that. But how are you How are you guys moving forward with the uh, the catching position this year? Well, you know, we, we, we have brought in a really, really sound um, catcher and a kid named Cole Donaldson from Hutchison Junior College out in Kansas. Uh, who spent his high school days in St. Louis uh, up there. So, But I'll tell you, uh, I've been so impressed with Cole. He's, his defense is very solid. He possesses Chucky's arm plus. Uh, he has quickness. He receives well. And surprisingly, he has, he's hit for some power, you know, in our inner squads. And he's left the yard a few times. Uh, he's certainly going to probably add some doubles just because he's very athletic and can run and you know people the body types kind of like and the actions are kind of like a an old benito santiago which was a, a very good catcher back in the 80s and early 90s uh in the big leagues and, and by no means am i saying that you know that's who he is <laughs> but he reminds me of what maybe he was at a young age very athletic uh, long frame um loose and uh, a very, very good arm and a lot of quickness. Well, Santiago, if, uh, if you watched Major Leagues back in uh, the late 80s, uh, that's, a, that's a pretty tall comparison right there. I know you didn't, you're saying he's <laughs> not is, Benito Santiago. You know what? I'm, not, I'm not afraid to, to give that because I've watched that young man now since we uh, arrived on campus back in August, and he's handled himself very well. He's earned that respect for the pitching staff and, and the coaching staff, and I've been very, very pleased with with how he's he's come in and and, and certainly made himself an impact player following uh, the uh, the loss of Chucky to uh, to professional baseball. So you know, you never know when those guys sign their junior year. You know what you're going to do <laughs> and how you're going to replace them in that short time period. But I think we we did we did pretty good with this one well, if i see him try to throw somebody out from his knees i'll know exactly what you're talking about then there you go <laughs> taylor braley last year was off to an amazing start uh, i think uh, national offensive player of the month uh for february last year uh runs into an injury cuts his season short you guys were remarkably able to keep up the offensive pace in spite of losing such an important piece uh this year i mean what what if any effects are you seeing from that and he's coming back and uh, uh he might throw some i see also what are you, what are you expecting from him this year you know, I think you know he was such a remarkable two-way player in high school at Oak Grove, and we haven't utilized uh, his his ability on the mound his first two years here, just because we really haven't had to. Uh, now he has, I think, probably has about five innings total in his two years here, but I think that that will probably significantly increase this spring and how we use him. Uh, you know, I think he, he certainly has the potential to really help you there. He's much more physical now to to withstand the endurance and uh, and the stress that's put on the body uh, at our level. You know, it's one thing at the, at the high school level, but, you know, here at our level, it's, it's every day. I mean, you come out, you work every day. So the stress level physically on your body's a lot more. And his body's matured. It's much stronger. It's a much better 
baseball-shaped body now. And, uh, you know, we look for him to, to help us both on the mound and, and in the field at third base. Nick Sandlin coming back this year. Uh, uh, excuse me, Nick, not Jake. Jake had the big year last year, but that's another Sandlin on your roster right there. So right. Uh, are there, what kind of expectations do you have for him coming up as a sophomore now? Well, you know, I feel good if we can get to him at the back end of the game with a lead. I really feel good because he is highly competitive. He's got plus stuff on the mound. Uh, he he really never works himself into trouble. He always gives you that chance to win. And I think more importantly that the confidence that the team has when he enters the game with a lead uh, certainly is a boost as well. So if we can get to to uh, to Nick with uh, with a lead, then certainly we feel good, and that'll that will be the plan. You know, each and every game. You got my Sandlin's uh, crossed right there. What is it about you guys and your ability to develop closers? That's something you've always had is lights out closers at the back end of your bullpen. I know that it's it's got to be a huge help, but that's something you guys have always uh, been able to rely on. Well, you know, and, and I think you're right with that, and I think they've all been guys that have been sidearm to subarm type uh, relievers in that role. It goes back to uh, Tony Phillips, you know, Chad Bradford, Tyler Key, Colin Cargill, uh, Daniel Best. I mean, it goes on and on. Nick Sandlin, and we've had a great, great run with those kind of guys. You know, I get calls every now and then from people that, they know that we have those guys. You know, what do we do to, to develop those? But, you know, uh, when I was the pitching coach here in the uh, early 2000s, you know, I kind of really picked some of those past under-armor, undershooters, what we normally call them, or submarine guys that pick their brains on mechanics and what, you know, proves to be successful for them. And, of course, now Coach Federico has the pitching staff and, has done a remarkable job as well with, with those kind of guys. But, you know, we just look for guys, Jay, with makeup that, that you need to have at that point of the game that, you know, are, are able to really take it game to game because, you know, every closer is out there in a situation to uh, – it's usually pressure. You know, you usually don't put that closer in unless the game's on the line because if it's not, they usually don't fare too well because their concentration, their competitiveness – isn't that adrenaline isn't really rolling like it is when when they uh when they have to get that save so you know we we try to find those guys uh certainly stuff has a big big factor in into what we we're looking for but i think the makeup more than anything uh conference usa tournament mgm park in biloxi i know you've had uh the the tournament at trustmark park in pearl which is uh, you know, close enough by. This seems even closer to home base, uh, being being in uh, South Mississippi. Uh, a little bit of what kind of an advantage that is. I mean, you guys are are essentially, while it's off campus and at a neutral site, you guys are essentially the host team at another Conference USA uh, tournament. And that I know that has to be. It's number one. It's awesome for your fans, but for your guys as well, it kind of has to give you a little bump in energy. I suspect to be able to play those games so close to home well we need to learn how to win down there we're zero and two right now you know we played last year played two lane in south alabama and uh, lost both those contests so we uh you know we need to figure out how to get down there and win in that park and we'll get two opportunities in the regular season with uh southeastern louisiana and nickel state on the schedule there but you know 
obviously we have enjoyed the three years that we've had here at Pete Taylor. I don't feel like there's anybody in our conference that does it any better. Very few in the country do it any better than, than our people, our volunteers, our community, mm-hmm. our, our institution. Everybody makes this a great experience for the student athlete and the fan, uh, no matter where they're, where they're from. And I hear those compliments from all the opposing coaches or programs or fans. So, you know, we would love to continue to have it here, but uh, yeah, I guess the next best thing would be to keep it in state <laughs> down the road about 70 miles at MGM. And, uh, you know, it certainly is a great opportunity for our fans to not have to travel far and, and continue to see us play. Obviously, we've got to get in the conference tournament. There's only eight of the 12 teams that go, so we need to qualify ourselves to get in there. But if, you know, certainly if that if that happens, then our fans do have that advantage of not having to travel far and can go to the beautiful um, coast of Mississippi and, and watch good baseball and enjoy enjoy that, that view down there. So you got uh, uh, you have series now weekend series uh, that the the athletics department has been working to get you guys with Mississippi State and Ole Miss. I know you've you've played the the one off the midweek uh, neutral site games in the past, and that's always been a lot of fun for the fans. And you guys have uh, more than held up your end of the bargain, uh, keeping you know all these things a, a rivalry with uh, who's winning the games. But uh, what does it mean to you to be able to, and, and outside of the fact that you guys are, are neighbors in state, uh, how, how important is it you know, for scheduling purposes that you can play two really good teams like that uh, in terms of RPI and, and how that helps you guys working toward the postseason and to be able to have uh, three-game series with those guys moving forward instead of just the one-offs in the middle of the week? Right. Well, you know, RPI is everything. It's... Uh... You know, there's no crystal ball and trying to predict it. Obviously, there's there's certain programs and certain conferences that are always going to have that constant RPI that you need. So with us being able to play Mississippi State, open up with them next year, three games, uh, you know, that that plays very big into the the total RPI over the year. Um, So we're, uh, you know, baseball, it's a little different, Jay, in that, it's uh, coaches get together and they're not really opposed to, to not playing one another. The administrations don't really get involved <laughs> with our schedules. It's it's all the coaches. And one good thing about uh, baseball in the state of Mississippi, we've always been able to get along and play with one another. And I think from a fan standpoint, obviously uh, they appreciate it very, very much because, you know, we would rather play – in state and have to bring somebody out of state to to play and when you can you can you know build build your sport off from each other right here so it's a it's a great thing that we'll we'll play them here next year and we'll uh, we'll follow up with their place in 2019 on the second weekend we'll return the trip well coach before we let you go what about uh, the the goals that your team uh, what what do they have for this year i know you were a you were a team that was very close to Super Regional last year, um, uh, you know, had some big moments in that regional. It seemed like you lived about three lifetimes in those three or four days as a, as a baseball fan watching you guys play, uh, you know, conf- uh, conference championship last year. Uh, w- what are the goals and the expectations for this team? What are they striving for in 2017? Well, I think, you know, the, the easy goals to see uh, – are to to win a conference championship, win a conference tournament, you know, qualify for a regional, 
and uh, put yourself in with 63 other teams for a total of 64 that are trying to be one of the eight that ends up in Omaha. But I think if you start dissecting those goals a little bit, there's there's sub-goals within there that you have to achieve. And that's, number one, you've got to come out, you've got to commit to playing and winning one game at a time. Uh, you know, there's no other game more important than the one that you're playing. It does, you know, you can – you can look ahead all you want, but you better take care of business on that particular day. You know, I want us to play good baseball. We um, we developed a, a motto a few years back to, to start fast and finish strong. And with that being said, you know, good, consistent baseball and, and not beating ourselves. So I think the goals, they don't ever change. It's just uh, – you know, it's a new year. It's a new challenge. You've got a whole new bunch of guys. You know, we've got 16 new players that we've got to try to recreate the chemistry that I felt like was so magical with the 16 team and how those guys played together. And, and if we can do that, then I think we have a chance to be successful. But certainly we've got to get out there and make it happen. Coach, thank you so much. We appreciate you taking some time with us and uh, talking about your 2017 team. Good luck to you. Thank you. Anytime.